vraag moet brengen. Ze zou door een hormonale afwijking een oneerlijk voordeel hebben. Volgens de Zuid-Afrikaanse minister van Sport tast de uitspraak de waardigheid van Semenya aan. Er is nog hoger beroep mogelijk. De Spaanse keeper Iker Casillas heeft een hartaanval gekregen tijdens een training van zijn club FC Porto. Hij is naar het ziekenhuis gebracht, hij is geopereerd en volgens FC Porto is de operatie geslaagd en gaat het nu naar omstandigheden goed met de doelman. Casillas is al sinds 2015 keeper van FC Porto, daarvoor speelde hij jarenlang voor Real Madrid. Het weer, vanavond en vannacht is het wisselend bewolkt, de temperatuur daalt naar een graad of 4. Morgen begint droog, maar later trekken er pittige buien over het land met kans op onweer en het wordt dan een graad of 14. Dit was het NOS Journaal. U luistert naar RTV Maastricht. My pain 
Mama's Gone by Glass Animals. Beste luisteraars, welkom bij een nieuwe uitzending van Student Radio Maastricht, live bij RTV Maastricht. We zijn het radioprogramma voor en door studenten, voor iedereen die in ons geïnteresseerd is. Het onderwerp van deze aflevering is het klimaat en klimaatverandering. En wat wij als studenten kunnen doen om hier tegenin te gaan. Welcome back to a new installment of Student Radio Maastricht, live at RTV Maastricht. Today we are dedicating this show to address the issue of climate change and what we as students can do individually and on a larger scale. In order to do so, I have a few guests here, uh, live in the studio, from various climate-related initiatives. Uh, before we start, to share a little, I would like to share a little sh- uh, snippet from Greta Thunberg's uh, speech. Uh, Greta Thunberg is a 16-year-old Swedish climate, climate activist uh, we, uh, who initiated the now global school strikes for climate. Have a listen. Greta Thunberg. I am 15 years old and I'm from Sweden. I speak on behalf of climate justice now. Many people say that Sweden is just a small country and it doesn't matter what we do. But I've learned that you are never too small to make a difference. And if a few children can get headlines all over the world just by not going to school, then imagine what we could all do together if we really wanted to. But to do that, we have to speak clearly, no matter how uncomfortable that may be. You only speak of green, eternal economic growth because you are too scared of being unpopular. You only talk about moving forward with the same bad ideas that got us into this mess, even when the only sensible thing to do is pull the emergency brake. You are not mature enough to tell it like it is. Even that burden you leave to us children. But I don't care about being popular. I care about climate justice and a living planet. Our civilization is being sacrificed for the opportunity of a very small number of people to continue making enormous amounts of money. Our biosphere is being sacrificed so that rich people in countries like mine can live in luxury. It is the sufferings of the many which pay for the luxuries of the few. The year 2078, I will celebrate my 75th birthday. If I have children, maybe they will spend that day with me. Maybe they will ask me about you. Maybe they will ask why you didn't do anything while there still was time to act. You say you love your children above all else, and yet you are stealing their future in front of their very eyes. Until you start focusing on what needs to be done rather than what is politically possible, there is no hope. We cannot solve a crisis without treating it as a crisis. We need to keep the fossil fuels in the ground and we need to focus on equity. And if solutions within this system are so impossible to find, then maybe we should change the system itself. 
We have not come here to beg world leaders to care. You have ignored us in the past and you will ignore us again. We have run out of excuses and we are running out of time. We have come here to let you know that change is coming, whether you like it or not. The real power belongs to the people. Thank you. Words. Yeah, powerful words by a young woman uh, who is uh, doing the school strikes in Sweden, but it has gone globally and now all the children are on the streets. Um, I'm sitting here with Green Office, which is a, a unit from the university, student run, and they um, yeah, they focus on sustainability uh, within the Maastricht University. Um, so I'm sitting here with uh, Tasmin Rufert and Joel uh, Boyle. Uh, hello, guys. Hello. Hi hey. there. <laughs> yes. So my first question, obviously, is like, what do you guys think about the speech, like from Greta? Is it um, is it truth bombing us or is it overreacting? What do you think? I think it's super powerful, especially mm -hmm. in terms of giving young people a voice. One problem that's notorious in politics right now is an underrepresentation of young people and underrepresentation of females. And I think both are really important to hear. Mm -hmm. And that's super cool that it comes from such a young person and that it's taken off so much. I mean, it's really nice to see that it's taken off in, in a lot of countries and that even in Maastricht we have students striking for climate. And even her saying um, that these politicians aren't that mature and saying that no matter how small you are yeah. you can mm -hmm. do it that's really powerful mm. that's just one of the many points she attacks yeah. which is nice i think so too yeah it's really powerful all right and um also i want to like kind of hear like what does the green office like do within the university uh what kind of projects are you working on right now joel Okay, um, well, first of all, the UM Green Office is a bottom-up uh, student-run sustainability service provider that mm. is working together with the task force of the university um, to, first of all, work on the UM 2030 vision, which is a vision to make the University of Maastricht more sustainable by the year 2030. Um, and then, of course, we're also in contact with a lot of the students um, to actually make sustainability happen at mm. the university in the city. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, if you have an idea as a student or as an organization, you can always come to us for contacts, for advice on how to start up, for anything from like where to go to where to find a space or possibly even funding, because we, we usually have a bit of a knowledge of the system in the university. And we have been around since 2010. The first green office of the Netherlands mm. was actually founded here in Maastricht by the by the people who studied here. So that's really cool to see. Mm, yeah, for sure. And um, what are you like? What are your pro projects that you are working on right now? Um, so one of the most important ones that we work on is Green Impact, which is a staff engagement program mm -hmm. where we raise awareness for sustainability in staff members through small actions. So basically they get an online toolkit and there they can choose to do vegan lunches if they choose to organize, like making their own Christmas decorations that are sustainable. If they choose to mobilize for the climate marches, they get points for that. And mm. that has taken off quite well. And currently we have 13 teams in the running 
for being the most sustainable department of the university. So that's really cool to see. And then currently, actually, right now is Sustainability Week. And I saw we might talk Mm. about that later as well. That's something that was organized by my colleague, Joelle. And finally, one thing that I'd like to see for next year that has not been implemented university-wide would be a comprehensive air travel policy. Air travel is the number one CO2 problem of any public research university, and that needs to be tackled. Mm, Yeah, I know, like uh, in the last... um sort of urban dictionary of the Dutch, we have this uh, word called vliegschaamte, which is like flight uh, shame, kind of like being like feeling shameful for flying. So I can see this as an issue maybe with uh, people having to travel a lot for their work. Yeah. And how do you tackle that? That's a very good question. Mm. Um, One faculty, you and your merit has gone ahead and implemented a CO2 tax on the people who do fly. But obviously there is a bit of an equity problem there because professors will be invited to many, many more conferences than lowly PhD students or even student researchers. Mm. Uh, even though for student researchers, it might be much more valuable to travel and they will be the first to be cut out if a CO2 tax is implemented. So you want it to be comprehensive. You want it to not just be something that pays for damage that has already been done in 10 years because if you plant a tree with the money the tree first has to grow and that's not an immediate compensation so it's a difficult topic Mm. but i think if we if we all sit together in an interdisciplinary committee we will be able to tackle it Mm -hmm. yeah and i also am interested in like how did you guys both got got involved with the green office like uh, maybe joelle you can say something yeah exactly so before i was at the green office i was actually in a very small committee at Mm. uh, my faculty ucm and it was all around sustainability. It's called Gecko. So I'm going to do a shout out to my Yeah, of course. <laughs> you can. Um, but yeah, after that, I thought the next uh, step would be nice if I would do it at a university level. So that's mm. how I decided to get involved there um, when I saw that they were hiring. And I hope somebody may have that same idea now because we're going to start hiring for new mm. positions next semester yeah. again. So cool. yeah, keep an eye out for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how did you get involved? Um, I did a sustainability-related course called Sustain and Go that is run by the Green Office. That's mm-hmm. actually coming up right now as well. So if you mm-hmm. want to sign up, shout out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I did the course. I was really happy with it and applied for the next year. Mm-hmm. Nice. And yeah, um, yeah. also we got this idea of doing this episode actually because it is Sustainability Week. So we thought like that's the perfect time to st- start talking about the climate. Um, can you tell me a bit about what the... Um, the things are, the events are that you're organizing this week? Okay, well, um, Sustainability Week has a bunch of events that have already happened. Today, there was a really great event, our highlight event, which was a symposium. So it was a really great long discussion, which was started off by a lecture on sustainability and basically split people into different groups to talk about um, their different disciplines. But of course, we've also had... um, Uh, lectures and uh, movie screenings or even workshops going on Mm -hmm. Um, and in the next few days the things that you can still expect are things like a Pecha Kucha event which are very um, cool presentation forms at UNU Merit um, tomorrow and on Friday there's also a um, a a lecture about fashion they got a um, somebody from uh, Brussels to come here to talk about sustainable fashion 
which is quite interesting. So you can check out the Facebook event of Sustainability Week 2019. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, you can find a whole list of events with clickable links in the description there. Yeah. And then also a question, obviously, because we are talking about the climate today, today um, you're the sustainability office, but is there also maybe room for um, the university to spread more awareness about the climate? Because, you know, they're a big entity in the city. Um, what are your thoughts about this? I think spreading awareness is great, but what's even more important as a public research university is to also cause people to have deeper engagement with the topic, to really engage with the concepts, just like with the sustainable development goals by the UN, they can be high-flying words that everybody throws around, but what's even better if people actually take actions towards it, and that's what we like to inspire as well. If we get organizations that we see have a mild overlap, we're like, hey guys, can we bring you together? Maybe it would be time to talk, and maybe we can make something, make something happen together, and that's how we like to spread awareness as well and kind of go beyond that not just throwing around words, but actually having a systems perspective, because that's the most important in, in our, from our point of view. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we hope like that, that we can also connect, for example, the, the inner workings of the university, those um, core competencies of research and ed education with the, the, the society so mm -hmm. that we can really have some information um, leaking out and that it's not just stuck within. Yeah, I think that would be great. Yeah, and I think already with the with the sustainability week, you already. Uh, I also saw you have organized lectures and stuff uh, concerning this issue. So I think it's really great. And so every uh, listener, I want to you know urge you to uh, go join one of their their events uh, or join uh, the the green office if you can. And uh, yeah, I want to really thank you for coming. Um, you. Now we're gonna going to have a little music interlude. And then we're going to talk about climate activism. So going, getting into the action, right? It's a mystery to me. We have agreed with which we have agreed. And you think you have to want more than you. Till you have it all, you won't be free Society, you're a crazy breed I hope you're not lonely without me When you want more than you have, you think you need When you think more than you want, your thoughts begin to bleed. I think I need to find a bigger place. Cause when you have more than you think, you need more space. Society, your crazy breed. I hope you're not lonely without me. Without me 
more, less, less is more But if less is more, how you keep in score It means for every point you make your level drops Kinda like you're starting from the top And you can't do that Society, you're crazy I hope you're not lonely without me Society, crazy and deep I hope you're not lonely without me Society, have mercy on me I hope you're not angry if I disagree Society, crazy and deep. I hope you're not lonely without me. Just like the sea. I don't know where to go Through dirt and shadow I grow I'm reaching light through the struggle Just like the sea I'm chasing the wonder I unravel myself All in slow motion Suffocate me So my tears can be rain I will water the ground where I stand So the flowers can grow back again Cause just like the sea Everything wants to land We are burning our fingers But we learn and forget
Society by Eddie Vedder. And the second song was The Seed by Aurora. And Aurora actually wrote this song uh, specifically for uh, the school strikes for climate. Um, so, which brings me actually on a nice bridge to these uh, new guests that are on the table here, because um, we are going to talk about students uh, who are uh, engaging in activism right now for the climate. Um, so we have one organization who is uh, Students for Climate, and we have uh, Elena Dondre. Elaine, sorry, yeah, you have to help me with the names. <laughs> and then we also have uh, a chapter from a bigger organization called, um, let's see, the Extinction Rebellion, uh, which is Noemi. Uh, Shiren Unkel is here for us today and Helena Leonardo. Hello, guys. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for joining. Yeah, they have to share the mics. <laughs> All right. Um, so we are, uh, you both have actually a common goal, uh, raising awareness uh, for climate change. Uh, and you're both taking it on the streets, basically, uh, doing actions. Uh, but uh, you have different strategies. Um, and therefore, I'd like to just go to you and see, like, how did you start uh, joining this movement? And uh, what what are your plans uh, with this? Uh, maybe I'll go first to Extinction Rebellion. Um, Noemi? Okay. Um, so I'll start by, by saying why I joined Extinction Rebellion. Um, I think I'm just generally fed up with, with not doing anything and with feeling inactive. and. Um, I think we can all agree by now on the fact that we are facing an unprecedented um, climate emergency at the moment. And I basically just don't want to have this kind of blood on my hands. Um, and especially here in Maastricht locally, I felt something had to be done. We were also busy studying and doing all these other things. But there's a very important other component to life, and that is to be to be politically active. And this is the, the prime um, option to do so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty similar for me also. I was feeling like all of these micro-consumerist individual actions were not enough anymore. So switching to a plant-based diet or mm. stopping to use airplanes, things like that. I was just feeling like these were more distractions than they were actually getting to the bigger issue. And, and so I just felt like Extinction Rebellion was really all about targeting the macro, targeting the people that are actually making the decisions right now. Mm. And instead of kind of putting it back, the blame back onto individuals really. So I felt like mm. I wanted to be part of this movement. I wanted to make sure that my voice was also heard, I think, yeah. Yeah, really tackling the government and their decision making, yeah, I exactly. think, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. And, uh, and then we also have uh, Students for Climate, uh, yeah. another group. Uh, tell me a bit more about that, um, Elena. Yeah, I can actually align with the girls because mm. I feel like we're all responsible, of course, but there's also a system in place that gives me the feeling that I don't have the option to actually live as sustainable as I would like because there are policies in place that hinder that. And I saw this whole climate movement going on in Brussels, um, where also Students for Climate organized a march. And I saw it's coming to Maastricht and actually also brought this whole effort of bringing those organizations together in a network, which is now the Climate Action Network. And I was really inspired by this whole spirit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so it's not only activism, but it's also informing, I see, like yeah. there are lectures being held. Yeah, there's there's multiple th layers to this. Um, and why do you actually think it's important to take it on the streets, uh, streets and, and strike for the climate? And because this is often an issue that people overlook or trivialize. trivialize. Uh, what do you think, Naomi? 
Um, well, I think first of all, as as I said before, this this climate emergency is really uh, unprecedented in scale, um, and the extinction of species that is going along with it is too. Um, and I think basically our endeavors so far concerning the climate have been suicidal, if anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so so much for for, for that. Um, and I think especially here um, in Maastricht, just a lot needs to be done. A lot of awareness needs to be raised. But apart from that. Not just that we need to basically um, show our discontent, and we. So this is, I guess, where we are also different from the um, students for climate. Um, we would also uh, agree on a kind of, uh, you know, having non-violent but disruptive civil disobedience actions. So mm-hmm. showing we are not okay with this, and we are engaging in in a in a, in a disobedience in this regard. Um, yeah. And I kind of want to bring up uh, what I saw in the news uh, recently, actually, is that um, you had an action, I think, last week. And uh, some of you um, also got uh, arrested by the police because you were um, uh, yeah, blocking the traffic on a roundabout. And some of you didn't bring your ID. Come on, guys. <laughs> but, uh, no, but uh, it, it's, it's, it was in the news. Um, but how do you think this uh, infects like, this movement? Is, does it benefit you to get in the news like that? Or... Do you think it actually works, you know, sideways? Um, okay, first of all, I would like to explain what this action was exactly. Mm. So um, it is called swarming, and it's not. Uh, it wasn't our idea to do this. Basically, I mean, it mm. was, but uh, there's an um, international kind of um, strategy behind this, and it's been happening in all sorts of cities over the past couple of weeks. Um, and swarming basically means that you just flood the, st- the streets with rebels, with activists, um, and just stop traffic as usual and therefore also business as usual. And the way this works is basically it's like a fire alarm, right? It's, it's inconvenient um, and you don't want to probably listen to it while you're doing other stuff, but you have to. And, and mm. we thought this was very much necessary for, for the climate in this case. Um, so the responses to this action have been quite mixed. I think in the, in the media, um, yeah, responses have been that, well, the, the, the public opinion is not too much in favor of these kind of actions and that maybe CO2 is rising because the, the cars are standing for longer, um, etc. Um, I think it's always hard to point out what is like harmful and what is beneficial for a movement. But in general, I can tell you that we've gotten a lot of mixed feedback. We've also had passengers who were very much uh, cheerful and who approached us and to ask, so uh, what is happening here? What are you doing? This looks uh, amazing. Um, and then... Yeah, to go on from that also, Extinction Rebellion works with getting this visibility uh, in the media and also through arrests, for instance. So this is not necessarily something that I can generally rule out as being harmful for the movement. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you have to draw attention in, at some way, right? And we have been ignoring this for so long. So, and as, especially with a name like you have, <laughs> you'd kind of expect some rebellion for sure. And then I also want to go... Um, you know, for students, for climate, it's a little bit different, right? You have a bit of yeah. a different approach. We don't engage so much, or not at all, actually, in disruptive action. Mm-hmm. But we do believe that every great social movement came with people on the street. And it's been long overdue that people go on the street for this. I mean, um, it happened before, but not to this extent, for sure. And. I believe that there are, we have the technologies, we have the knowledge, and we've been having it for so long. And now we have the will there, and I believe it's important to show that it's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how is it, uh, how are you guys, because it's a common goal, how are you guys uh, in contact with each other or with different organizations uh, within here in Maastricht or also globally, I guess, because, uh, yeah, it's a worldwide thing happening now? Well, we... 
two yeah. organizations specifically are both in the CAN network that I mentioned before, which mm. is a climate action network that we established now. And we work together with several other organizations as well, Green Office, uh, Precious right. Plastic, <laughs> Mondial, and, and so on. Mm. And we try to establish a three-month action plan and then from there on further collaborate. Yeah. Mm, all right. Nice. And then also, um, you know, as students, we can do just so much, you know, there's uh, we still have to, like, get the attention from the bigger companies and and also, uh, you know, the government and uh, people that have more power in that sense. Um, what is kind of what would ha yeah, what do you think would actually draw their attention other than just local people on the streets? I mean, we have various different strategies also because we don't only want to get attention in these disruptive manners, but also we want people to get informed. So anything from uh, yeah, lectures and workshops, uh, action trainings, legal trainings to get people also in contact with what is their, what are their rights really and how far can they go in these type of actions, in these type of situations, what can they actually do in order to get the attention in the different ways that we're trying to get them. but. Extinction Rebellion works a lot with civil disobedience. So mm. we are also not afraid of making people feel uncomfortable in the situations. Mm. It's more like we are facing a very inconvenient reality. So we're also taking measures that might feel inconvenient for people. Um, so I think our strategies are, we're still very, we want to adapt it also definitely to our local necessities right now. So for example, Maastricht also is a country or is a country, sorry, is a city mm. um, that is going through um, various different clim uh, climate um, issues, situations. So for example, also the airport expansion right now that is, ha that is supposed to happen. There's a lot of people that are against it and already Maastricht is quite a polluted city. Mm. So we want to target things that also local people, not only students, but the locals would be interested in making sure that they are part of somehow just for their own uh, for the, their own future and the future of their own children. So yeah, the airport, um, then also the pollution of the mass, you know, apparently I think it was something like 15,000, what was it, Noemi? 15,000 pieces of plastic pass every single hour in the mass, you know? So oh, there's yeah. definitely a need also to to inform people to let them know so we're targeting right now we're not we're not trying to blame any individuals we're really targeting the gemente we're targeting the dutch government we're targeting the decision makers that can actually put policies in at work yeah mm -hmm. i would say that's our main strategy yeah, yeah. and that's the the strategy also of the con uh, movements I'm really um i think the Khan overarching tries to um address all the issues together that's why we network so we can actually get this whole range but for students for climate directly one thing we're working on now is the sustainability package is to bring really sustainability to the individual and to mm. make it applicable for Maastricht um, specifically also because you have these broad frameworks about how to live but nobody actually knows how should mm. I do this in my daily life here um, and then another thing we're working on is we want to start implementing policies as well and the gemeente. So we're trying to go through um, different approaches so we can actually get the whole range because as I said mm. before, like um, we're all responsible, the governments as well as the individuals. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to get into that uh, sort of individual impact that we all have um, is that um, 
I think for myself, for instance, sometimes it can be quite difficult. I feel like uh, I struggle a bit with the, um, the, the shame sometimes of when I do something and when I travel by plane or when I buy something with, uh, that's wrapped with plastic. You know, we mm -hmm. live in luxury and we're kind of used to that. And uh, I think that's also what makes it difficult for a lot of people to change. Uh, are there maybe like for you personally, things that you changed in your daily life uh, since you joined a movement like this and are more aware of the, the issue? Um, Noemi? Yeah. So, I mean, in general, uh, there's a lot of individual things that can be done, such as like, um, of course, your diet or um, uh, making taking care that you don't uh, consume as much like plastic wrapped things, etc., and recycling, etc., etc. But what I would generally like to point out here is that um, I think. I can say that as a spokesperson for Extinction Rebellion as well, we are really trying to move away from these kind of individual um, responsibilities for targeting climate change related issues because this is literally what makes it so convenient for huge corporations and for government officials to not take on any responsibility. Yeah, yeah good point. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think there's a lot of these things that we all have to do and especially for instance not not fly as much that's okay for sure but um, I mean this is old news and I think now mm. it's really about the, the bigger level. but. Um, well, I personally actually changed a lot, but that also came with uni and with my focus on sustainability in general. But I believe um, that it's dangerous to think that either you're ashamed of what you're doing or I ignore it because I believe that every little action can have an impact. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then... Um if you want to feel a little bit better about what you're doing, uh, there is a climate march coming up again, right? Yes. And this is very easy because it's on a Saturday, so no one has the, you know, the thing like, oh, no, I have to work or whatever, you know? So let's all just go there. Uh, let's unite. And um, because I think you both will be there, right? Yeah, yeah. on the 11th of May. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 2 so p.m. on the Freithof. And we're happy to see everyone, especially also children, because it's really all about them as well. Yes. So let's let's have a party then. Okay, start the music again. <laughs>
ilusão Chega de tanto exaltar essa tal de saudade Meu caboclo moreno, mulato, amuleto do nosso Brasil Olha meu preto bonito, te quero, prometo Te gosto pra sempre do samba, canção ao primeiro you were hearing were Chaponero uh, Tonato and also Nicola Cruz Voila de Jurema. Okay, I'm really bad at saying these names, but I'll put it on this on the playlist afterwards on Facebook if you want to know these songs. They're good though. All right. Um, now we're going to uh, a thing that we do every week, which is the cultural agenda. And I have an actually a very nice uh, festival uh, to announce. And this is Ladyfest. Uh, it's an empowering festival uh, taking place uh, at the Mandrill this weekend. Uh, Ladyfest is a safe space to come and discuss your ideas about fe feminism, gender and womanhood, sharing music and art and of course party in the name of inclusivity. And also something I want to say again is that there will be a climate march again the 11th of May uh, organized by Students uh, for Climate. Uh, which we had a conversation with uh, a, a little bit ago. Um, and we there's really literally no um, excuse to not come because it is on a Saturday. We'll start around 11. Um, and so definitely be there. Um, I kind of, I really want to thank uh, all my guests that came to this show today talking about the climate, a very serious topic. 
Um, we have Tasmin Rufert and Joelle Borla from uh, the Green Office. Uh, we had Extinction Rebellion with Noemi Shirin Unkel and Helena Leonardo. And then we also had Student for Climate uh, representative Elena Dondre. Thank you so much. And I also want to thank our partners, uh, Code Zero for Three and also RTV Maastricht for making this possible. I mean, we can use their studio. It's super nice. Uh, so I really want to thank them. Uh, and now I want to go into the last song that is related to the climate change issue, uh, which is a song by Neil Young uh, called uh, Who's Gonna Stand Up? Tomorrow's child Protect the land from the greed of man Take out the dams Stand up to oil Protect the plants and renew the soil Who's gonna stand up and save the earth? Who's gonna say that she's had enough? gonna take on the big machine who's gonna stand up and save the earth this all starts with you and me Draw the line Before we build One more pipeline And fracking now Let's save the water And build a life For our sons and daughters Who's gonna stand up And save the earth Who's gonna say That she's had gonna take on the big machine who's gonna stand up and save the earth this all starts with you and me Starve the takers and feed the givers. Let's build the green and save the world. We're the people known as Earth. Who's gonna stand up and save the Earth? Who's gonna save? 
Wednesday evenings from 6 until 7 on 107.5. Hey guys, this is Sachit. Um, and I'm, I was producing this, epi- this episode of Student Radio Maastricht. And as usual, I'm extremely excited to be here. I just wanted to say that uh, we're all really happy to hear from you guys, whether it's on Facebook or by email or Messenger. You can contact us on studentradiomaastricht at gmail.com if you have any ideas whatsoever. Thank you so much. And we hope to hear you again next week at the same time, Wednesday, 6 o'clock. And hopefully we'll have something completely different for you the next time. We just like to surprise you every single time. So there you go. Woohoo! It's a bit of hanging space, but bye. Pierre, rup ze al gewerkt? Nee, ik heb het warmbraden gedaan, Jos. De Moors doet Valkenberg. Hij wil dan weer een commercial lotten opnemen. Moors auto's gaan er het Valkenburg. Ik ja. snap niet dat hij een reclame maakt. Dat, dat kent toch iedereen? Jo, en tot de Verio Fokwa garantieert, dat werd ook iedereen. En tot ze dat een leerauto kreeg, dat werd ook iedereen. En dat telefoonnummer, dat kent iedereen dreumen. 043-609-09-09. Moors auto's Dat kent ook digitaal, Jos. Digitaal, Pierre. Digitaal? Ja. Oh. Uw langstlevende testament of tweetrapstestament voldoet niet meer. Wist u dat? Bel de erfrechtplanners voor een vrijblijvend gesprek. 0800 1031. Echte Iedere maandag hamburgers 8,75. Dinsdag, woensdag en donderdag pizza's voor 7,75. En vrijdag onbeperkt sperrips voor maar 12,50. Van alles schet. Rijksweg 132, Bergen ter Pleit. Van alles schet, daar vind je het. Kijk voor meer info op vanalleschet.com. Hey Jos, ik wil piloot werken. Maar Pierre, dat beste toch al? Wieso? De beste een brokkenpiloot. Altijd weer auto's Hier een krets, toon, deuk. Maar daarvoor gewoon ik naar Moors auto's gaat in een Valkenburg. Ja. Dat ziet ze er niks meer van. Hop, in de leenauto. Verio Fokwa garantie. Fokwa. Fokwa. Snel klaar, gepotst. Blinkend wie de spiegel, Jos. Dat ze dicht maar in een element geven. Jos, ik zeg maar altijd zwaar. Wie want Moors? Wie want Moors? Wie want Moors? No, 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 Pierre. Hangt in een auto te zien, kent ze ze beter weer bellen. 043 609 09, 09. Of gang naar Moors, auto's gaan op Lekker digitaal. Digitaal, Pierre, digitaal. Oog, oog, oog. Hey Jacques, bel ik zo terug. Wat met gebak van Emmerich, zeg ik even niks. Ik wil alleen maar proeven, zo lekker. Niet te geloven. Dan bachtel ik broed en gebak van bakkerij Emmerich's in Vroenhoven. Dagelijks veers. Zo lekker en vlakbij, zus over de grens bij Wolder. Tot ziens bij Bekkerij Emmerichs in Vroenoverriemst. De geschiedenis van Maastricht kun je proeven. Want de Hoeskamer van Maastricht heeft er een eetkamer bij. Welkom in Brasserie de Vogelstruis. Pal naast Café de Vogelstruis, ons nieuwste familielid. Kom lunchen of dineren. En geniet van de authentieke Maastrichtse gerechten. Zoals de vleesgerechten naar recept van de familie Hostenbach. Brasserie de Vogelstruis. Proef de geschiedenis van Maastricht. U luistert naar RTV Maastricht. 87.5 op de kabel, 107.5 in de ether. Christian Bonenbakker met het NOS Journaal. De Amerikaanse minister van Justitie Barr heeft zich tegenover een commissie in de Senaat verdedigd voor de manier waarop hij het